entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving the theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Station. What's up, everybody? Good evening. It is 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and you're tuned into the Drive In Speaker Box. It is Monday, February 20th, 2023. This is uh, episode a whole bunch, a big number. Uh, I'm your host, Bo the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And uh, what, 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 what is that b- book you're sitting over here reading? Uh, not reading. It's something that we will be talking about. Oh, okay. All right. It, it looks big. It and, is. Okay. It looks, it looks very nerdy. No. Oh, pff, of course not. Uh, but anyway, if you're just joining us, this is maybe your first time. Uh, for the next hour, we're going to be talking to you about all things movie-related. Uh, we're going to be doing some fun giveaways. We're going to be reviewing two films on the show. We're going to tell you what's coming out in theaters this weekend. We're going to tell you box office reports. We're going to—it's just—it's—it's an hour of fun. And if you're just downloading the audio version of the podcast, wherever it is you download podcasts, you can join in live and participate and throw in comments and chat right over here on the screen. Uh, If you are viewing it live, you can become one of our uh, participants over on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. We love Twitch. We think it's great. We think it's a really good platform. So, um, sign up right there on our uh, Twitch page. And I just did, I just updated our, our web thing. We, you know, driveinspeakerbox.com you can go there and it'll have all the links to our different things so instead of me going like on our Facebook our Twitch our YouTube our Instagram our Twitter our you just go there driveinspeakerbox.com go to our website and follow us on and our socials pick one of those things whatever it is that you want to do we don't do a lot of tweeting or instagramming but you can follow us it's true in fact i do neither yeah. of those things um, the, the poo poo pee pee dot pizza still exists. Sick. Um, it's out there somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust the redirect there. That was a funny. I buy URLs when I think they're funny. I own a lot of funny URLs, so um, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna be reviewing the new film uh, Marlowe later in the show. And uh, what about you, Jake? What did you see this week? I watched the new Ant Man, Ant Man Three, Quantum Mania, or Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. It's a lot of, or what? What? I, what did I call it the other day? Somebody was asking me about the movie, and I, I think I called it, um, like contractually obligated, but bug friends, the new, the new adventure, and uh, something about contractually obligated bug friends, and uh, I'm just gonna call them bug friends from now on. So. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about those films. Also, in the show, we're going to be talking about the new 112 Drive-In News, the Alamo Draft House. Um, this is, I, I wanted to be the first one to break this news because I've been sitting on it for a while, but then Fayetteville Flyer beat me to it because I guess they got promotion, pr- permission before I did. Stupid news no, outlet. I know. But we're going to be giving away two pairs of tickets to an exclusive screening, a drive-in screening of cocaine. Bear this Thursday at the 112 drive-in here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. For for those of you that are in our like local uh, area, viewing, listening, whatever area, 
We're going to be giving those away a little bit later in the show. It's going to be really easy to get those, uh, get get into the drawing. Just comment um, with, um, I don't know, what's what, what? What should we? What should we say? The like, the the phrase, the comment phrase. For, are we doing it like on Twitch with, where you do like the exclamation and the thing? Are we fancy? No, it? we're going to do, because oh. I mean, we want our Facebook and our YouTube people to do it too. So like we should, it should be like a phrase, like, you know, um, like two bumps for cocaine bear and, or I don't know, like, or, you know, uh, ride the white horse or something like that. You ah. know, um, I'm jonesing for some bear. Um, no, no, it's I don't I don't want to Jones for bear or um, where my bears at. Mm, that's also a bad one, but <laughs> yeah, that's a- <laughs> um, but uh, or how about I miss the drive-in? Like that one could could be a <laughs> that could be a good one. So uh, anyway, something about honey pots and and cocaine and and bears this is just going to get this is going to turn into like a weird subreddit or 4chan real fast but uh, but if you do okay here 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 it is just comment i would like tickets to <laughs> cocaine bear in the comments uh our mod is going to take oh, wow putting the taking the responsibility i, I did it yeah i know so um <laughs> our mod will 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 get you in there and we'll remind people throughout <laughs> yeah. the show and then um yeah like our mod just said Vince there yeah a comment with any one of the 75 <laughs> options you have to say given. i want tickets to cocaine bear that's that's is that the official uh, that's the official and i'm not going to make anybody like follow two things comment your friends tag and share that's just and this is why we don't have enough listeners. I don't make you guys work for it. But it'd be cool if you did share it. God dang it, it sure would. So, um, Velvet Santa on Twitch asks, if I win the tickets, can you just live stream me the film from the Bronco? No, I'd that's like, illegal. I'd like to not go to jail. Um, not this time. Vince says, just say it in the chat, and uh, Vince will make a list. So, yeah, just um, say it in the chat. Vince will grab your usernames, and I'll probably do a drawing either... Um, later tonight or tomorrow because i think i want to engage some of the um social media people too so uh but you get interview you before you can get the tickets what are you going to do with these tickets? are you actually going to use them are you going to make us look bad by winning these tickets and not coming and then they go well your people didn't show up Mm -hmm. so uh but if you if you do enter in the chat here you're going to get three times more entries than uh when i ask people to comment on facebook later so boom you get triple entries by being a, a viewer tonight so uh and if you sub on twitch you'll get six entries ten entries six this minis <laughs> you'll get this minis you get you'll get you'll get ten ten entries for this many s- subscribing on twitch um so there you go Okay, there we go. Uh, shout out this many's friends. Mark Landry on YouTube wants some of those tickets. Tony Garrett over there saying shout outs. Uh, Mark Landry says, I bought a surplus projector to sneak into the drive in and play Twister one last time, but the projector was Damn, DOA. that would have been sick. That would have been sick. Uh, but the actual projector is still there. 
Um, but you didn't hear me say that. So anyway, we'll start with the news because it is about that time to start talking about things we normally talk about. Um, but the news, that is one of the big news is uh, here in Northwest Arkansas. I know this is more local centric and not nationwide, but Alamo Draft House is opening their newest location here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is kind of an odd market for um, Alamo Draft House because we are a very small market. But they are they're taking a chance and uh, they plan on being open in 2024. Um and they will be, you know, classic Alamo Draft House, but advertising that this will be the first Alamo with an attached drive-in. So they are advertising it. You know, we'll see. But it's only going to be a 30 car. They're going to use the old 112 drive-in projector um, that they are probably going to be storing here at the Drive-In Speaker Box Studios until they get it up and running. And then we will transplant it over there and they will operate an outdoor attached drive-in to the Alamo Draft House. Um, and, you know, it will be a fully functional Alamo Draft House. Hopefully a lot of drive-in speaker box sponsored partnered events that I'm kind of scheming to get in the works um so yeah and also Merle subscribed over there in the, in the Twitch comments those uh, so for the for the for the contest Merle did subscribe earlier so that's a retroactive sub so good job on that one um Boom, but uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty exciting news. Clicked my pen and he snapped all it. Uh, thirty nine locations. This is their thirty ninth location nationwide, which is dang. I didn't know there was that many. Yeah, and what what, what was scary is in twenty twenty one they actually filed for bankruptcy and managed to um, get out of um, the the bankruptcy hole. So uh, I guess they're doing fine. They are expanding. Um, bankruptcy hole yeah they that 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 that's a scary hole to be in so um yeah it's uh they're 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 coming and they can't be stopped they're gonna build a neighborhood around it we'll see it's gonna it won't be here till 2024 but they do have money behind it and it is it is a they, they, it was on in variety i think i saw them report the first alamo draft house drive-in so dang um, look at us yeah and as mark landry said on youtube in the plans it looks like there is a retention pond in front of the screen um jaws after a rainstorm will be sick i don't like because that is wetlands over people there. just taking their kids and like throwing them in yeah. splash kids don't put just, the playground yeah kids just uh, screaming but yeah, um, so that's news. Jake, let's talk about some movie news. Well, uh, we'll start out with the sad news, just to get out of the way, because there is quite a bit uh, of dead in, people. In, well, yeah, but in, in movie news, one of our commenters mentioned that George T. Miller um, passed away. Uh, he is the director of Man from Snowy River and NeverEnding Story 2. Um, so he passed away this last week. Uh, also, uh, Gerald Freed. Uh, he was 95 years old, but he did a lot of, uh, he was a composer, did a lot of music, most famously and most recognizably, the uh, fight music between Kirk and Spock, the Star Trek fight music. Yeah, he did that thing where Spock had the Vulcan boner and they had to uh, fight for uh, Spock's right uh, to party, to bone down. And Richard Belzer also passed away yeah, this Richard last Belzer, week. Yeah, Richard Belzer, comedian. Stand-up comedian and one of the stars of SVU. SVU. Uh, he was 78 years old. Yeah. And uh, he, he was one of those guys that looked old since he was like 23. He did, yeah. yeah he was if you go always back and looked old. watch his, uh, his stand-up from uh, 80s to, to whenever he quit doing that, he was like an old dude. Uh, also, he got put in like a headlock by... 
some wrestler. It was like Hogan or Macho Man or someone, and just like got conked out on the Richard Belzer show. He mm-hmm. had his own uh, talk show. Uh, but but the one I think that uh, I really noticed and impacted me the most uh, this last week was uh, we lost Matsumoto Reiji. He oh, was 85 years that. old. Uh, he is the man that was responsible for uh, helping to bring uh, space battleship Yamato uh, to uh, TVs in Japan. Uh, he was brought on after he declined. Someone else declined. He came in. He helped them organize that entire series, gave it the entire art direction for it, mm-hmm. uh, and then made the accompanying manga for it. It's Very one of the iconic. rare cases where the show was thought up before, before the manga, but he was famous for his manga. Uh, and he later uh, created Space Captain, uh, Space Harlock. Pirate Captain Harlock, mm-hmm. which was actually supposed to be a character introduced in Yamato. And inspired the... Um, that's why I have this here. I got yep. my Yamato Omnibus here. And if you're, if you're familiar with um, Daft Punk's Interstellar 555... Yeah, the, uh, what, what were all the yeah. fives? Because uh, like, in the title, the subtitle, mm-hmm. it's star, whatever stuff. Yeah. All the S's were the fives. He was the uh, yeah the art director, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, directing producer. Big. He was the, the guy that decided what it looked like, yeah. and it was all based on his art. And he's one of the people... If you ever watch classic Japanese television, uh, anime stuff, like if you, um, you see, it, you it's, know who it's this who guy you is. think yeah. of. Yeah. It's that look that you think, like um, the guy that did Cyborg Zero Zero Nine, uh, and um, the dude that did Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be the same guy, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, and and uh, Matsumoto Reiji uh, and a couple others. They're the ones that were like, oh yeah, that's old anime. old anime. Yeah, that's this guy. That's what he did. You know, he is the uh, the guy responsible for uh, all of Hold uh, it up the, high. the glare Boop. Uh, for for yeah. this kind of uh, artwork. Uh, it worked better here. here. Man, I, I can hold it up. Yeah, you can find a page. There we go. Uh, any, anyhow, he was the one um, kind of responsible for that. And he is one of the people that really stood against... Um, the way that uh, anime and manga was being done extra nationalistic because his dad had come back from World War II and he saw what it did to his father, uh, incapacitated him for the rest of his life. And uh, so he was the kind of guy that he was like, you know what, Harlock, I'm going to do it. Harlock's a dude that flies around space, does sex and and drinks booze and just shoots people without asking questions. He was Han Solo before there was Han Solo. Han Solo was... Well, actually, Space Pirate Harlock Captain, officially yeah. came out in 78. Space Pirate but, Captain Harlock is the coolest. But the character was originated from 74 with Yamato. Hmm. Huh. I'm thinking about it. He was Han Solo before Han Solo was Han Solo. Well, did you... Because when, when you were saying another important... Hey, Marilyn Knapp, thanks for following. Um, I, I don't know if, I, if you mentioned this, but Oliver Wood also died. And Oliver Wood, uh, you know, we're talking... A cinematographer that oh yeah uh, he, the the Bourne series he's a, everything he th- this dude he just passed away he was like eighty years old but he he was a cinematographer on Morbius which was twenty twenty two I mean he has been in the business um, doing all sorts of stuff I mean Step Brothers <laughs> he did comedy Anchorman you know but he did all the the Bourne movies which when the Bourne movies came out he was he did something completely different that other people had never done which was that kind of shaky cam action style which now every one does mm. um you know he mighty joe young um bill and ted 
Kids, Die Hard 2, Miami Vice. Um, this dude. He was on every kind of movie. Dude, uh, he, he was. Oliver Wood was a prolific cinematographer, and um, but he, um, he just he had worked on so many interesting things. But again, one of those guys like everybody gives the director all the accolades, but when you know you think about the 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 the, the shooting style, the lighting, the framing, all that stuff, a lot of it you can be attributed to cinematographers, and a lot of directors have their kind of pocket cinematographer that they use all the time. Well, yeah, because the director directs, and they have an idea of what they want it to look like, but the cinematographer is the guy that makes it look like that. Oh yeah, he's the one that's like, well, what if we did this to do some visual storytelling? So. But he uh, he passed away this week as well. So dang, sad well, stuff. Lots of good ones. Um, and other weird things of things that have passed away but getting resurrected. <laughs> reboot news. Did you hear that they're re- wanting to reboot Hellboy again? And they're wanting to make it R-rated and make it like a a, a, a folk folk horror okay whatever i mean they're getting brian taylor set to direct but a lot of people are now because of this news saying we should get guillermo back on to finish the trilogy that's what i was just about to say as long as it doesn't do the same thing that guillermo del toro did i i liked ron perlman as hellboy i hated guillermo del toro's directing and movies i feel like if because now guillermo del toro is created such a an uh, an industry setting name for himself to like he's he is a very uh, like a Wes Anderson of his own right and i think that now you know he's 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 making incredibly creepy versions of pinocchio and doing r rated stuff in his cabinet of curiosities i feel like if he were to go back and be able to do everything he wanted to do and make hellboy as dark as he wanted it to Did be hellboy 2 well but it already been established and he and, and he was he was not in control of that. That was a, very much a producer's thing. It's like Gremlins two. Are you saying Joe Dante is a crappy director because of I Gremlins like Gremlins two? Gremlins two is actually fun. Hellboy two not fun. Gremlins uh, two is not fun. It is. Are we Dude, gonna it, it has Grandpa Munster. It has it has uh, Christopher Lee. It has Grandpa Munster. It had a spider and a lightning gremlin. Yeah, and the gargoyle one. Uh, and the. Are you gonna are you gonna grab the? Where is it? Bonus bric-a-brac here. Yeah. We've, we just dig, the, dig around. The sexy female gremlin. Oh, my gosh. Here, Look hold this. Hold uh, on. Question, questionably female. Possibly female. The the, the Ooh, la, la. Yeah. It, it could well, don't been. show that in Arkansas. Oh. We can get in trouble. Yeah, who knows? Sarah man. Huckabee Sanders on there. Well, questionably female. Possibly trans. No, Greta. We don't know. Yeah, don't know. And it's not our business to know. Yeah, only Christopher Lee and his his team of scientists with their weird syringes in the TV station know. Why was there scientists in the TV station? It could have been Discovery Channel. We don't know. Anyway, um, the Hellboy news, I thought that was a little silly. Um, I mean, I'll be, I'll be okay with it if it's... Mm, they need to change it up and, uh, more than make it more like the comics. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, all, that's really all you got to do. Get old, uh, oh crap, what is the artist's name? Mike Mignola in there and be like, 
have him help do the movie do like a hellraiser thing for hellboy oh, yeah. and just bring the author and, and let him do the movie this is how it's supposed to be i only created it and it got famous because of what i created mm-hmm. so maybe i know what i'm talking about yeah um anyway in other news uh, I, I watched the trailer uh, and this is not going to get a theatrical release which i was kind of bummed out about because i thought when i heard that this movie was getting made i thought it was going to be super stupid but uh, I watched the trailer, and it actually looks pretty good. And this is the trailer to the Tetris movie. I'm like, how do you make a movie about Tetris? But it is a movie about the making the making of Tetris. And it's um, st- starring Taron er- uh, Egerton, who I think is really, I really like him as an actor. And he's not in a whole lot of stuff, but I think he's really fun to watch. And I'm really mad that this is an Apple Plus movie. Because um, I feel like this movie could have had legs in a theater, but it's going to be on Apple, Apple TV Plus exclusive. But I thought the trailer was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, because the Battleship movie didn't really blow my skirt over nothing. But It was way better than it should have been. It well Battleship because I watched them like this could be garbage and then you watch it like uh, it was it wasn't garbage it was it was trash it had America's yeah. version of Yamato it had all those dudes on the battleship like the actual World War II veterans like that was pretty cool yeah it was an interesting uh, Velvet Santa on Twitch asked wasn't there supposed to be a movie of the Max that would be really cool um, I think that they just need to do an animated film of the Max the Max is again very odd content um, it was um, they did a TV show of the Max on MTV in the 90s and they had like side by side like weeklies it was like that and the head and I think it originally they they aired some episodes on liquid television which I I, I think don't quote me on that but they did do its own run right around the time that Aeon Flux you know with the success of the Max oh. and the head and then that spun into Beavis and Butthead and then Aeon Flux got her own that their own show. Um, remember when they did the Aeon Flux live action? That did not work. I try not to remember that, um, but oof. But uh, yeah, so it looks really good. Check the trailer out. The trailer dropped this week. You can see it. Also, oh, oh go ahead. I was going to say there's another uh, uh, origin of a product movie. Uh, I saw a trailer for the uh, the Air Jordan. Have, oh, did you yeah, see that? Yeah. Uh, directed by Ben Affleck, starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I know. Uh, and it's about like Nike only surviving because Matt Damon uh, approached a young Michael Jordan and created Air Jordans. Who pitched that movie? I guess Ben Affleck, maybe, you know, but. Hey, don't make a movie off of anything that it seems like an interesting movie that has a, a product tie-in these days um but other other reboot reaction live action conversion to another format did you hear about this uh i believe dreamworks is uh but with universal uh, universal pictures in in tote is going to be adapting uh a live action version of how to train your dragon in 2025 and if jay baruchel is not the lead character okay i was I'm about out. to say all they need to do is take everyone that did the voices and put them in the live action bring gerard butler bring craig ferguson yeah have jay baruchel like just just transition them over into the live action i would watch that in a heartbeat um and it'd be like dragon heart but with toothless oh dude it would be great it would be fantastic um, I really like that show that he was in. Uh, it was it was uh, Thanks, man versus um, dating or what was it? Uh, uh, yeah, I know the one you're talking. Man FX seeking show. woman. Yeah. That's what it was on FX. It was it was very good. Um, really, really, and I don't like romantic comedy shows very often, but that one was pretty dang good. 
And then I recommended it to some people, and I'm like, that show was weird, and I didn't like it. And I was like, well, that's, I guess it proves that it was really good. Yeah, and he was, uh, she's out of my league, mm-hmm. and he was uh, one of the background characters in uh, Knocked Up uh, that was just Seth Rogen's friends <laughs> that all lived together. Well, didn't he play, uh, like, um, not Stalin, but Lenin or whatever? Uh, oh, I don't know. It was a really weird indie movie. I, it's, it's in the back of my mind. I remember watching it. But anyway, um, We'll, we'll we'll wax nostalgical. Yeah, have more no, time I, in the show. I, I want them to do that. Just t- take all the voice actors and transition them to the live action because you're not going to get better people than like no. Gerard Butler and and Craig Ferguson to be characters. That's why the movie. Like that's that. why the first one yeah. was good because the the uh, ah Leon Trotsky. That's what it was. Thanks, Al, over on Twitch. And I, I, I knew it was one of those guys. Um, yeah, where he played like a, a modern day Trotsky. Anyway, Jay's great. Um, okay. Another reminder about our um, giveaway tonight. The If you want to snag yourself some tickets, I know that there's some, a lot more people in the chats that I wouldn't normally see, so I think that that's probably because of the post today. If you want to get your hands on some of those Cocaine Bear exclusive invitation-only screenings at the 112 Drive-In here in Fayetteville, Arkansas this Thursday, go ahead and comment in the comment section there. Say, I want some tickets, or I want those tickets, or something in that regard and our mod will take your name down and and get you guys entered into the contest if you subscribe to our twitch channel tonight or you are already a subscriber for this month you will get 10 total entries if you are in the chat you will get more entries and if you comment on the thing that i'm gonna post later you'll get one entry so um bonus if you're on twitch and subscribed and commenting in the channel so there you go all right what else in the news because we only have like Two minutes left in the news uh, segment. So Alec Baldwin had one of the charges against him uh, in for the Rust shooting dropped. The gun enhancement charge, which was a mandatory five-year sentence if found guilty, was dropped. So now it's just up to involuntary manslaughter, which could get him up to a year and a half. I think all that's kind of bogus to put him as the star in the spot for that because it was not his job uh, to be super diligent about checking the gun because it already went through the hands of like 10 other people. We've talked about that at length earlier on the show. Prop masters and things like that for should people- be that don't understand what goes on in a film set I, they're the ones going oh he should be I can't even believe he's so irresponsible to have that gun it's like he was handed it said it's good it's safe do what you're d- supposed to do and he did what he was supposed to do and it yeah. was not something that was his fault uh, so that's that's a bogus deal. It's definitely a not my department situation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, James Cameron has uh, big plans to film a Hiroshima movie based on the book, which is called The Last Train from Hiroshima: uh, Survivor's Perspective. It's told from the perspective of people who survived Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He wants to do that between Avatars three and four. Uh, so if you're hoping that Avatars just get, hit that rapid release now, because he's supposedly been filming all of them in conjunction. Um, Maybe not going to happen. But in Avatar News 2, Avatar once again retook the third all-time spot away from uh, its sister movie, Titanic, which briefly jumped back up to third all-time with its 25th anniversary re-release. They're just going to keep re-releasing that crap on Valentine's Day and bumping it up even higher. I mean, why wouldn't you? And then... Stallone uh, talking about people that do tweet. He he hit up Twitter and has since got rid of it. Uh, <laughs> talked about the, uh, the as pe- you do, yeah. The the people that screwed him on the uh, Rocky productions and, and sets and stuff like that. Irwin, um, 
oh, I can't remember the guy's last name, um, but the dude that he talks about in his book and stuff like that, uh, he mentioned some <coughs> elements of the uh, plot that would have been the Rocky Seven movie if it would have happened, uh, which is basically Rocky still managing the restaurant. He has imaginary conversations with he Adrian. He got rid of the robot. Uh, and then he walks into a boxing club, and he sees a guy named uh, Chucho the Mutt, uh, and then begins to mentor him. So basically the same plot as Rocky five and the same plot as Creed, uh, but it would have been with somebody else uh, and maybe uh, not had Michael B. Jordan snake uh, that franchise from him uh, as it seems. Well, you know, I mean, it does suck, but Sylvester Stallone's doing okay. Yeah, he could be doing he, a lot better. He'd be doing a lot better if he he had all of his uh, credit and, and legal rights to be a the lot richer if I did movie series that he created himself and uh, wrote and then later well, it directed just and illustrates started. how cutthroat these industries can be. You know, I mean, even with a guy that is as famous and as powerful and influential as Sylvester Stallone, there's some dude that holds the rights and he's just like, not yeah. There's yet. a dude in the shadows that's behind a desk and a team of lawyers that's <laughs> yeah. that's got power over that. Remember when you were poor in the seventies? <laughs> yeah. Remember yeah. when you showed your butt on Death Race Three Thousand? Or he showed his butt on Italian Stallion before? He sure that. did. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, I think that was the majority of my news because you know Marvel movies came out and big earthquakes happened and all that stuff. So they do. Okay, well, that is all the time we have for news this week. we got to get into the new release segment of the show. That's what we do at the halfway period because movies come out every single weekend, and we're going to give you the scoop on what's coming out in theaters near you. And this weekend, only two kind of uh, movies. One's probably not going to get a wide release, but uh, and it's it's an animated film called Mummies um, that is uh, I think the biggest name attached is Kelsey Grammer, and it's about these these mummies and, and you know, the Mesopotamian the Egyptian time. They're, you know, it's an awkward arranged marriage um, and, uh, you know, they're, uh, like, it's playing like manic, what, what is it, the Bengals walk like an Egyptian through the whole trailer, which I thought we were not allowed to play that song anymore. Was it, was it the King Tut's song from Steve Martin that he almost oh, got no, that, canceled for. No, that was um, what? I got canceled for that. Do you know, it was like two, like a year and a half ago when Steve Martin was starting to get really popular. Remember again. when you wrote a song in the 70s? <laughs> <laughs> and dressed up as an Egyptian person? Yeah. Uh, and you're hey, not actually Egyptian. Hey, comedy man. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's ridiculous. Uh, King Tut is one of the funniest things in the world to me. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so... Um, Tut. It's, it's called Mummies, and, and of course they get woken up into the present day, and they're having to find this magical ring, and, uh, you know, it's like a family comedy, animated comedy of these mummies that... It actually looks cute, but... Uh, Velvet Santa just made I me like think mummies. about something about the Steve Martin King Tut. In Steve Martin's version of King Tut, he's not really Egyptian. He was born in Arizona, moved to Babylonia. King Tut. This is true. So, you know what? He's he's completely in the right. Forget them. But, you know. The internet's a weird place. Also you know. comedy. It was it's a comedy from the 70s. Yeah. And of all the comedy that was coming out in the 70s, I'd say that is some of the most harmless. Um, uh, my parents uh, one day in storage I found a my parents portable 8 track player uh, and the very first thing I wanted to do was find and listen to the Steve Martin albums that my dad told me he had and I did until all of it disintegrated <laughs> that's a lot of listening well the internals of the uh, oh, of the 8 gotcha. track player the, the tapes are still fine I could listen to them if I could find a player um 
Yeah, we got to get you a player. Uh, but the other movie that's coming out this weekend, obviously, the one that we're giving a give a, uh, giving away for, it's going to be released nationwide this weekend in theaters. Cocaine Bear. Yep. Based off of a somewhat real deal that happened or uh, true events. Obviously, the movie is fake, but there was an actual bear that did stumble across some cocaine that had fallen out of a smuggling plane. And it killed some people. And um, actually, and this is another thing, is this this event that we're giving away tickets for, it is it is an invitation-only event. They, I think they are going to sell a very limited number of tickets to kind of fill out the theater. But, but the actual taxidermied cocaine bear will be there at the drive-in. We're, we're orchestrating that now. I've been in talks with the people that are putting it together. We're trying to figure out how to get in. He, he, the co- cocaine bear is in Bella Vista right now at a private estate, and uh, we're, we're going to bring him to the screening. So, uh, hey, thanks, uh, a, a Gam Spark, for the sub. <laughs> uh, thanks for the sub. And I assume that's to get even more entries into the cocaine bear sweepstakes so um there you go you're gonna get your you're gonna be able to get your picture made with cocaine bear and uh liquid death is gonna be there there's gonna be fossil cove beer uh that's that's available um for free uh oh yeah exactly so f- exclusive screening vip fun screening and cocaine got, bear and drunk Fayetteville. yep and we've got you guys some exclusive <laughs> tickets so we're giving away two pairs of tickets to and it's a drive-in again so you know make sure your car can you can turn the lights off and uh and you know make sure your battery's charged uh so you don't go dead in the in the parking lot because i don't think that they're gonna have the jump boxes because the drive-in's like think about having a jump box with you exactly or at Uh, least some cables so mm -hmm. that you don't rely on someone else to have it if you can find someone uh kind-hearted enough to help jump you and that knows what they're doing because I know so many people they're like I have these jump cables but I don't know what I'm doing I'm just gonna just clip them wherever yeah don't do that you'll fry the computer in your car and then you'll be having to well, call, that, call me on the phone that's the reason I think jump boxes are better now yes. is because a lot of these modern cars if you're if you're going to the drive-in here's a little drive-in speaker box pro tip is um, these modern cars have so many electronics and computers, and you doing a, a cable to cable car jump is you're more likely to fry your car than get it started. Uh, but those little jump boxes have things in them and, and instructions printed on the front and sides to where it's like, okay, clip this here, clip this there, and the one that I have will even go. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, everything's hooked up to you can try and start this now. Yeah. You know, it gives you a thumbs up that you did it right. So, um, yeah. definitely worth an investment, uh, especially if you do any kind of driving. Uh, Mark Landry on YouTube says they better have some porta potties. The existing toilets are still in place. The, the building, the drive in building, is still there. The concession stand is going to be shut down, but they will be um, activating the original uh, facility. So, um, there you go. And as uh, uh, Spark says on Twitch, there is a WikiHow for this. Definitely didn't use it last weekend. <laughs> Oopsie. So anyway, okay. Well, those are the two movies coming out in theaters near you. Um, you can check them out. Uh, Mummies and Cocaine Bear coming out. So let's get into some reviewings because we've got two movies to review. And uh, I'm going to throw things over to Jake because I'm... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, you're going to go up first because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking a bunch. So he's going to talk to you about Ant-Man and the Wasp, 
colon quantum mania because I have not seen that yet. Yeah, and tell us about it. Uh, congrat, con, contractually obligated bug friends, isn't that what you called it earlier? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the the newest entry into the MCU, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Uh, I went and I watched it for you guys. You guys know how um, we really feel about Marvel movies, and I think I asked several people to go with me, and they go, I don't really do Marvel, man. Um, so it, it's nice to see that that's wearing off. Uh, it sucked that I was just sitting there eat, just down in Skittles on my, on my own. Uh, did you not get any of that Oreo popcorn? Or did you go to the AM, did you go to the AMC? I went to AMC. Okay, yeah, they got that Oreo popcorn. Yeah. And those churros, it was, dude. It was the matinee. It was weird. Matinees were weird. Uh, anyhow, I, I, I went and I watched this movie, um, and it, it opens up, and you get a little bit of some Paul Rudd being funny. You get some humor and everything, and it sets it up. He's man about town everyone's like thanks you're an avenger you're so cool and it turns out he's written a book about his uh life and adventures as an avenger uh he's now a uh, a very public figure and face um so once he was locked up in prison because he fought with captain america against iron man now he is talk of the town and every, everyone thinks that he's uh the titties you know uh and then it, it immediately goes to his daughter is a teenager and she's um shrinking cop cars because she's got a hold of the pym tech uh she already refers as you do already calling hank pym uh grandpa uh you know just fully adopted into this family uh that she's uh, uh barely a part of hey thanks radio sk um gifting some subs so um you know and it finds uh, Ant-Man Scott Lang finds out that his daughter Cassie is uh, one of the ant people, uh, right? Like Hank Pym and him uh, and Wasp. She now uh, totes around in a suit shrinking things and and all this stuff. Uh, And so she takes him to the basement. A member of the Bug Friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She she takes him to the basement like, well, might as well show him what we're doing. (laughs) And he's like, what do you mean we? Uh, And it's like everybody except Michelle Pfeiffer's in on this. Uh, And she's like, we made a satellite to send a signal down to the quantum zone because that sounded like the smartest thing to do. And and Michelle Pfeiffer immediately is like, idiots, idiots. And just like, like, yeah, just like beats the, the satellite. And she's like, we have to shut it down. And then, of course... Shut these off. Shut these all off. Yeah, immediately. In the Ghostbusters scene. Yeah, where, they're sucked into the, the, the quantum zone. Uh, and, you know, adventure ensues. And, and that's where really everything kind of starts. I mean... You enter a, a fantastical world of of microscopism, the the universe below ours that exists within ours, but it's it's down on the on the quantum level, so no one knows. But it's it's bright and it's colorful, but it's also dark and and terrifying. And you have humanoids and and uh, regular people, and you have people that are are just a little weird. And then you have a broccoli head man. And then you have Kang the Conqueror, and, and you have Bill Murray that shows up out of, of nowhere. Course. Um, because they're like, hey, remember when we did um, friggin' uh, Jeff Goldblum? What if we put another dude that people like just because he is who he is? Uh, and they put uh, uh, Bill Murray in there, even though recently Bill Murray has not been everyone's favorite person. Um, but, and, and you get all these characters that are given no story or screen time at all. And they they throw so many of them at you and they want you to think that they matter and they don't. 
And this is where I can tell you that honestly, the best part of this entire movie was the trailer for Flash before it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because this has been getting a lot of negative reviews. It's tied for worst rated MCU movie. But the crazy thing is, is it's still not stopping it at the box office. No, it made well, because everyone's like, well, you have to watch it. It's the same contractually obligated bug friends. It's the Marvel thing. You have to because it's all connected. And the whole point of this movie is that they're taking Kang the Conqueror and they're tying hey, it in. Hey, here's a new big bad guy that we need to introduce. Well, they introduced him in Loki season one, and one of the stingers on this is... <laughs> Wasp. Yeah, oh, setting it up for Loki 2. Um, and, and uh, you know, maybe an Avengers battle and all that stuff. He knows who the Avengers are. Uh, he, he says he's killed a bunch of them in all of his timelines. <coughs> you know, you, you get to see some stuff like that but Kang is a very underwhelming villain in this and he doesn't even show up for the majority of the movie he's not there until well into the well it's because he's got to be connective tissue to another movie you can't you can't can't finish his arc when he's got to he's got to carry the weight of more films and as Al Topic said on Twitch he said the movie is two hours and five minutes and still the characters and plot feel underdeveloped exactly everything is so underdeveloped and and there's 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 nothing given to anyone in this they're like oh by the way Cassie's like a thing and and she can grow and shrink and and everyone's gonna fight and it's and they're gonna be in this world and Scott Lang's like cool we've gathered each other let's go back to the regular universe uh, and everyone else was like, no, we have to stay and fight. We have to. And he goes, why? And they go, oh, you don't understand because you just don't care You don't anymore. understand how sequels work. Yeah, and he goes, I saved the world. Uh, I fought Thanos and all that stuff. And they're like, yeah, but what have you done for us lately? That's a legitimate thing that they say in this movie. And everyone just glares at him like, yeah, what have you done in the last five minutes, you idiot? Which I think... I don't know if they were trying to be meta, but I think that the that's the they are <coughs> literally illustrating the law of diminishing returns on all of these movies. You know, it, 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 you can't keep making big bads. Like the, the, my biggest problem with the MCU is they are turning it into a TV show that we watch in theaters, and each episode is really it doesn't have a conclusion because we're just like waiting to the season to be over. And, and that's not how movies are supposed to work. Like, uh. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And, um, Agam Sparks points out, they keep talking about him. Like he's, he's supposed to be like a mystery character and he's not, everyone knows it's Kang and, and all this stuff. And, um, you know, uh, they bring in Modoc. Uh, Velvet Santa says if only it was show. Krang. Uh, but they no, they bring in Modoc. They introduce him, uh, but they make Modoc a joke. Um, well, he was a joke <laughs> in the show that they did. It was a there's a there's a on Disney Plus there's a Modoc show. Oh, is there? And it's an is it's, it a She Hulk thing? It's an animated. It's a cartoon. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a big dumb joke. Uh, they tie him into the Ant Man stuff, um, but uh, and then of course you know you have the. Uh, um, ants come in at some point. Which are all as, comic relief. Well, no, the the ants are like the 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 force to be reckoned with. They're like the uh, the, the. So he actually uses them for good and not like they don't use being them. Silly. The, the ants are like their own thing. Okay, it's like a whole stupid deal that's not explained except for like three seconds, and and that's kind of the whole point of of this movie is everything gets about three to five seconds, uh, and then they move on to the other thing. So everything gets like just here in little tidbits and you're like well that might have been interesting nope it's gone you, now it's on to Gotta this wait thing. for the next episode <laughs> yeah so 
and, and the whole thing about Kang is he doesn't work for a small time hero like third gen Ant-Man. It, it's it's Kang is supposed to be a, a massive villain and, and the things they set up for the future, if Kang is able to defeat Avengers, uh, if, if Kang is going to be interconnected to the Fantastic Four like he's supposed to be, um, there, there's no way that you can look back on this and be like, yeah, a- Ant-Man can do it. And then at the end of the movie, uh, with, without trying to give anything away for people that care about that, they're like, it, it ends and they're like, all hopes lost, good guys have lost, everything like that. Instant resolution. They they oh, give yeah. you they you give, can't you can't end on a bad note. They give no time for it to sink in. No you time for you to be like but what's gonna dying? what's gonna happen? You know that they they can't do this. Instant resolution. Just find out in the next episode. Um, so yeah, everything about it is. <clears throat> Melody asks a question from YouTube, and she says he uh, Mo, in reference to Modok. I'm assuming he says he is a joke though, which is fun in, in her opinion. Didn't know that he was a part of the Marvel movie. I don't know anything about Modok other than Modoc, they did a show about him. He's not a joke in the comic books. Okay, explain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's um, uh, what what is it? Mechanized organism uh, designed only for killing. He's supposed to be like. Uh, in the comics, they always had him as like, a, you know, some sort of like terrifying villain, and he was in. It comes league. out of a dimension and is like, oh shit, Modok's here to kill me. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I, mean, I don't know. I, I mean, he was always in league with like the uh, villain organizations and and things like that. But in yeah, in recent years, they've always just made him like a joke thing because he's just like a big flying head. Anything that's like Mojo verse or uh, yeah. like a Modok type thing, they're like, it's weird. So let's just make it a joke. Make it comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, he was the only source of comedy in the entire movie. Ant Man was not funny, and that was the one thing we we, we all from liked Paul about Rudd, yeah, is him is, to be funny. Uh, yeah. So anyway, well, well, Ant Man and the Wasp: uh, Quantum Mania is in theaters right now. You can check it out. It's one of the shorter movies, so it's only two hours long. It, it's only two hours, but it feels like you're in there for four because it's bland. You get nothing from Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Jonathan Majors Kang is like Eddie Redmayne's character in uh, uh, Jupiter Ascending, where he just like talks real soft and weird, and he's like, oh, I'm from space, so I'm weird. And you're just like, okay. okay. Don't care. Yeah, don't care. Uh, and and uh, they 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 put like 50 characters out there, don't give any, any of them time, and you don't care about any of them. Even the established characters you, you don't care about. Uh, there's There's nothing... To to m- make you want to be involved in any of it. Well, it'll take your money, and it's doing well at the box office, so you can you can check it out. Um, the movie that I was going to review uh, with the, what time we have left is the new film uh, that is from director Neil Jordan, which kind of blew my mind that he's making movies. I mean, not that. He doesn't make movies. He makes pretty amazing movies. He's a very, very well-known uh, writer, director. Um, his movies, you know, going back as far as um, Company of Wolves, which is an incredible, incredible werewolf film. Um, you know, Neil Jordan just doesn't direct movies often, but when he does, you know, people generally take notice. I mean, Breakfast on Pluto, you know, they've got uh, In Dreams, The Crying Game, uh, uh, Company of Wolves, The Good Thief. Like, it, he's he's not like a blockbuster guy, but he's a movie, movie fan's movie, I guess, is if that's a good term. So seeing him kind of come out of a weird hiatus and, and, and directing a 
a Philip Har- or Marlowe uh, film was kind of strange because Marlowe is a Philip Marlowe is a character that uh, it was created by Raymond Chandler, and you know um, this is like an old hard-boiled crime fiction, you know the the, the noir, the classic noir, and I mean you know uh, the, the Marlowe character has been. In so many movies, uh, radio and TV and film. I mean, everybody knows uh, like uh, Time to Kill and The Big Sleep, and you know, um, uh, it's just just so many, so many. uh, Humphrey Bogart played Philip Marlowe at some point. So did Danny Glover in an episode. Like everybody's, he's the detective with you know the black phone and the lady that comes in and the mini blind shut and this dame with the yams. And it, 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 that's noir, right? So it was really interesting to see Liam Neeson take on this character, which I one of the reasons I wanted to see this is because if anybody's going to play like a hard-boiled detective, I think Liam Neeson could do it. But this weird, this movie felt a little weird to me. Like I overall, I really enjoyed it. But and I went back and I read a review or an interview with Neil Jordan because the thing that stood out to me about this movie is it's a noir that is very bright like I wanted this movie to be in black and white like to a point where I took a picture of a of a scene that was really well framed I was like god I think this will just look so much better in black and white and then I did a black and white filter on it. my my god it did why did they not do this in black and white and I read an interview and 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 and, uh Neil Jordan said that this was completely intentional he was like the only way I wanted to make a noir is if I was going to do it like in LA because LA is not dark LA is bright every every, you know you've it's hazy it's bright it's in the ocean you know everything's bright lights bright neon's bright bright in the day and I was like that's so weird um so it felt weird and kind of jarring, but now that I'm kind of thinking about it more, you know, it was a very beautiful movie. And, you know, the if you're not familiar with noirs, you're going to sit down and you're going to go, oh, my God, this dialogue is so cringy. But noir dialogue is cringy. And uh, it's very monologue heavy, very, uh, you know, uh, to dialogue heavy, very, you know, two people uh, sitting and having a conversations you know and talking about the plot but there's a really amazing scene because you've got some really awesome people in this cast you've got Diane Kruger you got Liam Neeson you got Adwele uh the, the guy's name who I'm gonna be terrible at pronouncing but he was in Lost um Adwale, that's I'm not even gonna attempt to butcher his last name but um you've got Colin Meany who was Captain or uh, Chief O'Brien in the Star Trek uh universe yeah who worked alongside old uh Patrick Stewart who did some uh noir detective stuff of his own on the holodeck he did you had Alan Cumming who came in with an awesome performance Danny Houston who plays a bad guy in everything which this is no different um and then of course Jessica Lang and Jessica Lang is was just so perfect cast in this role and scene like the scene between Jessica Lang and Liam Neeson sitting over a table having this conversation was just it was everything a noir movie should and ever hoped to be except for it wasn't black and white and it was bright and they were having lunch in in LA and it was strange but my god the chemistry was so cool uh Jessica Lang like how has someone at the end of her career been this has been the renaissance of her career like you know cuz she's she's getting on up there but my god is she fun to watch on on TV, um, uh, per, per, I mean, I think what was it, American Horror Story that kind of relaunched the new, you know, chapter of Jessica Lane's career, and thank thank God for it because it's been really really fun. But this is this is a straightforward 
whodunit noir. Like, we're not talking in any Shyamalan twists. We're not talking, you know, there's going to be a lot of blood on the pavement and a lot of bullets out of my, you know, revolver. And there's going to be, women are going to be called fragiles and dames. And Hispanic people are going to be called mexies. And you're going to be like, this is weird. Because it's the 1930s. And, you know, and they were staying true to this. And, And, again, I was so baffled at, like, how in 2023 did someone sign off on making a 1930s noir with a 1930s character? But this was based off of a book that was written in 2014, which I did not know about. And uh, it was written in 2014 featuring the character Philip Harlow. So it was a, a modernly written book that still takes place in the 1930s. Um, and anyway, uh, so Neil Jordan was approached by Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson wanted to do this. And he he took the script to Neil Jordan and said, hey, I want you to do this. Here we go. Please direct this. I'm going to I'm already on it. We've got we've got a cast. We've got Jessica Lange attached. We got. And so um, Neil Jordan said, yeah, because they couldn't think of anybody else better to do it because it's an older style. It's an older format. And there was a couple of scenes that I didn't really like where they tried to transition into shaky cam, you know, where it's a very modern technique. And, uh, it, and it, it kind of pulled me out of making this 1930s feeling. But that was my only big complaint. But the rest of it was was fun. I mean, if you if you like a noir, you're going to like this. If you like the Maltese Falcon, if you like Casablanca, if you like The Third Man. Um, I mean, it's not as good as The Third Man because that is an amazing film. But uh, you'll like it. It's, it's a modern noir. And it's bright. And it's strange. And everyone's smoking all the time which is also weird to see because it kind of it becomes comedic at a point where you forget that it's that's rated just for that that's how yeah and that's how it was back then like literally every scene someone's just like pulling out their cigarette case and pulling one out and handing it to the lady and lighting it up and everyone is just smoking see and uh except for they didn't talk like that which they should have it would have made it more fun for me because uh, um i just think that that's funny they talk like normal people instead of doing the uh the Cagney. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I did find fascinating about this movie is um, Liam Neeson, he was playing the lead, uh, Marlowe. He, um, in a world that was very 1930s accurate uh, and very non-PC, he was like the steady going and not making it awkward because that's one of the things, I don't like heavy-handedness and preachiness in films uh, where they're just like overly inclusive and then like going, don't forget to pat us on the back for being inclusive. You know, it's it, 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 his character brought attention to things that were not cool and uh, and he, he kind of set the record straight, you know, and um, and did it in a very tasteful manner to where you're you you are paying attention to something that's not cool, but the main character identifies as like, well, why are you treating him like that? Is it just because he's blah blah blah? And they talk about the guy that called you know the Hispanics a racial slur, and he's like, well, you know, one of them could be the 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 king of Spain, and uh, you, you know you shouldn't judge. And it was just, and it wasn't heavy handed and preachy, and it just felt natural, and I really appreciated it for it. So <laughs> there was just a character that called people. I was like, hey, don't be a dick. Kind of, yeah. That was his. He did that a lot. He's like, yeah. Don't be a dick. You know, this one, he and he goes up to this groundskeeper and he's like, and I can't, I, I literally can't because you're going to give me the side eyes for saying anything that I quote from this movie because I know you're going to make it awkward. <laughs> but, it. you know, he they they use some ethnic slurs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that, that, that we all know. And then he's just like, kind of 
shut up about it. He's like, why are you being such an asshole? You know? And he's like, oh, well, we, I was in the war, you know? And he's like, well, did you fight them? And he's like, well, no. And he's like, then shut your mouth. Um, so it was cool um, without being preachy and stupid. So anyway, no one's going to see this movie. It's not going to make any money because it's a modern-day noir in 2023. But uh, People can be too busy watching dumbass Ant-Man movie. Oh, which one of the... cocaine beer. One of the big hallmark scenes of that movie is uh, Cassie Lang going, don't be a dick. And the dude's like, don't be a dick. Uh, and then that's like the message that gets through uh, to one of the characters. So, uh, Catching stupid. up in the comments, Dina Real says stupid. it's technically a foreign film because it was produced in European countries and filmed outside the U.S. I think it was filmed in Bolivia. Um, I think that's where Neil Jordan lives right now. Um, not honestly on Twitch says, God, it is like Peaky Blinders. They made it look delicious. Um, going through the comments again. Oh, Vince, want to talk about the tickets again before the end of the show? Yes. So one last time before we do box office roundup for the show, if you are tuned in and want to get your tickets to see Cocaine Bear and the the exclusive VIP screening that Alamo Draft House is putting on here at the 112 Drive-In, which is closed. It's no longer the 112 Drive-In, but is the drive-in formerly known as the 112 Drive-In that they're going to demolish soon. They are lighting the screen back up and doing a one-night screening of Cocaine Bear. Um, and we're giving away two sets of tickets, so you can get in on that. Just if you are on Twitch and a subscriber, you get ten bonus entries into the contest. Uh, but if you are commenting anywhere else, you will get ex- you will get a smaller amount of bonus en- entries for being a participant in the chat. And then after the show, um, we are going to do a little post, and anybody that comments. We'll, we'll get one entry, and then probably tomorrow I will give the drawing and contact whoever. Um, I mean, most of the people that have entered, I know who they are anyway, and I know how to get a hold of you, or I'll send you a DM or something like that. And uh, we will get you uh, signed up for some tickets to Cocaine Bear. So um, excellent, excellent, excellent. So with that said, we're going to do the box office roundup report for uh, this last weekend. Jake's going to give you the top ten movies in America uh, and we give domestic numbers only because that's the one that the um, the the studio executives care about. See, so uh, all the green lights are on U.S. numbers only. Everything in um, you know the Europe and world market is just butter to them. So number ten, take it away, Jake. Actually, I want to talk about number twelve real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. A movie that came out. I did not realize it was a Fathom event. Uh, that was being brought out, uh, but a movie I kind of touched on uh, saying I wanted to watch it at the beginning of the show, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, the new, um, you know, uh, the pu- public domain uh, Winnie the Pooh movie, uh, 652000 brought in by it. Uh, it actually has a grand total over the past week of $1.5 million, uh, which reportedly is 10 times uh, its budget. So it has Noise. more than made its money. <clears throat> and they've already greenlit a sequel. Jeez. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe they'll bring in Eeyore or something. Uh, but then starting uh, or uh, moving on to not murdering me. Number ten, a man called Otto uh, brought in one point six million the past week, and it's eighth week out sixty point six million for its domestic total. Uh, in its fifth week out at number nine, Missing, which you reviewed last week, last I week. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and three quarter million dollar brought in this past week, uh, bringing its domestic up to 29.7. Uh, and then opening at number eight, the one you just reviewed, Marlowe, 1.8 million. Uh, but it looks like it might have had a little bit of a pre, um, 
release it has mm-hmm. a domestic total of two and a half million yeah uh, right it did there. a like a limited you know uh 20 theater re- opening i see uh and then titanic uh hanging in there at number seven brought in 2.4 million dollars uh bringing this 25th anniversary run to 12 and a half <clears throat> but just lost its third all-time spot uh, to its sister movie avatar 2 uh, and then number six, 80 for Brady, third Still week out. making money. $3.75 million, uh, bringing its domestic total up to 32.4. Uh, and then Knock at the Cabin, hanging in there um, at number five, 3.9 million, bringing its domestic up to about 30 and a half. Uh, and then hanging, this one really is hanging in there, and it's ninth week out, Puss in Boots, Last Wish. Uh, 5.3 million this past weekend, uh, bringing its domestic up to 166 million dollars, and then Magic Mike steep drop uh, to number three. Uh, Valentine's from its is number, over. Number one opening last weekend, uh, five and a half million brought in, bringing its domestic to 18, uh, and then Avatar: Way of the Water uh, just maintaining its hold uh, on moviegoers. Uh, nearly six and a half million brought in this past week, bringing its domestic total to just shy of six hundred sixty million. So much money in its tenth week out, and then of course uh, the number one movie uh, from Marvel, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, one hundred and five point five million dollars. Good lord! Which <clears throat> is the highest grossing opening for that uh, series, the Ant Man series, but it's also one of the lowest rated movies in all of the. Uh, Disney's Marvel catalog. So, it's really interesting that you know, as Dina just said in Twitch, Push and Boots is still over th- in over three thousand theaters. No other family movie out there. I mean, you've got the movie like Mummies that's going to get limited release, and then there was the other one like The Amazing Maurice, which is actually uh, based off a Terry Pratchett novel, and it's only it got <coughs> dropped out of theaters, only four hundred theaters nationwide. Um, and it's weird that they couldn't get any footing because it's just terrible marketing. Like no one's like, I never heard of that. What's a Terry Pratchett? And, uh, yeah, so, we'll, 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 you know, we'll see. If Mummies, I don't think Mummies is going to get any traction. It might only be in a 1500 theater release, but uh, there is no, uh, other than Avatar, there, I mean, there's no other fam- family, quote-unquote family movies out right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, Vince asks, what's the plot for 80 for Brady? Are they all horny for Brady and they go to a game to meet him? Yes. Probably. That is, that is the, 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 what the trailer says to me is like one of them is, writes like pornographic fan fiction about Tom Brady and the other one's like super obsessed and he decided to like, we can't go to the game. We're too old. And they go, we'll show them. And then, you know, they, they have this, you know, uh, try to get backstage, try to meet Tom Brady and get in the locker room and see a bunch of tight butts. Uh, Zimmerhammer says the secret sauce of kid movie plus innuendo. What you're talking about is the Shrek sauce. That's that's what you're after. Uh, the key, uh, which more of them need to really realize, is you make a movie for adults and you just don't have it be adult-oriented. Uh, so have an adult movie that people feel is safe to take their kids to because uh, kids will like pretty much whatever. And Uh, and kids generally like it more if they think their parents like it too. Think about the movies that we grew up watching. Oh, yeah. Because to me, Willow was a kid's movie, right? Labyrinth is a kid's movie. Um, And then revisiting them now, you're like, wait a second, I see all the adult stuff in here. Yeah, the good Star Wars were were kids' movies. You know, I mean, (coughs) those are the uh, Terminator was a kid's movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, in my know, household. Yeah, <laughs> like RoboCop was a kids movie. They made toys for it. Yeah, um, and uh, that dude got his peepee shot off. And Kenner's like, buy the new RoboCop toy and blah blah blah. And, and then your kid goes to RoboCop and sees like a rape scene and a dude's dick gets shot off. And then a guy getting dipped in acid and a dude getting obliterated to where he's just a bloody stump with a head attached. And he's like, rawr, rawr, buy the new action set. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like so weird how we've discovered or, or tried to say like no kids movies always and only have to be you know zany animated dumbassery but uh you can shoot a guy's dick off and it still be a kid's movie if you do it right so um anyway i wish i was wearing my shirt that said remember when robocop shot that dude in the dick um so there we go okay guys well that is our show um vince has everybody in the comments there that uh, and I think everybody I know how to get a hold of in those comments. Um, so uh, I will either slide into your DMs or whatever and announce the winners, and uh, we'll get you guys some tickets to Cocaine Bear. And yeah, we will be back next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share. And you can ta- download this on Spotify or wherever it is you get podcasts and take us on the go. Uh, you can watch old episodes on our YouTube. They, they that's a good place to archive them. Twitch only holds two episodes, so we will see. But anyway, as always, I'm your host, the Boom Operator. I'm the Grip. And we will see you guys next week. Bye now. See ya. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.